This podcast is brought to you by Paul Simpkins and the Boldly Lead program, focusing on helping tech leaders like you end the frustration of low-performing teams and losing high-quality employees so they can increase productivity by 50%, go home on time, and sleep better at nights. Hello, and welcome to the Tech Leaders Toolbox. I'm Paul Simpkins, and we're here because how you lead today determines how your team succeeds tomorrow. And we've determined you definitely are a leader. That's why you're here. And remember that leaders are made. They're not born. And they're made by a commitment to become better each and every day. And so today in episode three, we're going to take a look at another critical key that will make you a better leader. And we're going to talk about something that you're going to be able to apply right away. So if you're ready, let's go ahead and jump in. So you're here and you're in the perfect place if you want to know the secret to teams that perform with excellence and go the extra mile and you know that it starts with you. And if you like to keep yourself open to being teachable and new opportunities to get better and better, this is definitely the place for you. On the other hand, you should probably turn this off right now. This is not the place for you if you're not ready to make your team members a priority. And if you're not ready to change the way you do things to get better results, stop now. Don't waste your time because you will get nothing from this if you're not ready to change the way you do things to get better results. Today in our third session, we're going to take a look at the next critical key to become a better leader. And as I promised, I'm going to give you something you can apply right away. This is going to be the easiest thing you've ever applied. That's how incredibly easy it is. And it's going to get you on track uh, to fulfilling the concept that we're going to talk about today. Now, remember in episode one, we talked about caring for people. They want to know that you authentically care for them and that they matter. And remember that unless they know they matter, nothing they do will matter. And then we also talked about communicating with people. And we talked about the quote from George Bernard Shaw, who said that the biggest mistake we make in communicating is believing that it actually occurred. And the two keys we gave you, uh, key concepts we gave for you that to apply was making sure your communication was consistent and constant. So what is key number three? Key number three is to connect deeply with people. And actually, it kind of works, as they like to say, symbiotically with communicating. They mesh together. And while communicating is essential, connecting is critical. Leadership expert John Maxwell defines connecting as the ability to identify and relate with people. But why is that important? Well, there's actually several reasons why that is so critically important. See, first of all, connecting with people is trust demonstrated. So we've been taking the time when we care for people, we open the doors to trust. When we communicate consistently and constantly with them, it allows them to become a little bit more vulnerable. It opens up that trust window even more. 
Here, when we're connecting with people, that's the trust demonstrated. Because connecting with people means that you have to open up yourself to them. They've got to open up themselves to you. You are finding things that you can share in life with one another and what you do. Now, again, we're in a business environment, so I'm not talking about, you know, any kind of, you know, holding hands and sitting in a circle and singing Kumbaya or anything like that. I'm talking about relationships where y'all can work effectively together because I will tell you this, and this has been proven true again and again and again, you cannot work truly, effectively, and optimally with someone you don't trust. If you don't trust them, that becomes very clear to them, and they will not trust you, and you will not be able to move forward. You will not be able to get better, and your team will not perform more effectively and more productively because you don't trust each other. Connecting with people demonstrates that trust because we are being more open and we are sharing more of ourselves. And through that, by the way, you're also going to be able to discover the skills and talents that people have, what they can really bring to the team to make it most effective. And that's the great thing about this. So it's trust demonstrated. It also encourages greater openness. Again, that discovery of people and what they hope for, what they dream for, what they're looking for. Because when you can help people reach their goals, they're going to help you reach your goals. It also increases the communication even more. Because again, people will communicate more once they trust you. And it's vulnerable. I mentioned that before. You're sharing yourself. That's a tough thing to do, especially as a boss. We think there has to be some kind of an impersonal separation there, but nothing could be further from the truth. Nothing, nobody trusts an automaton. Think about how many movies have been made where people have mistrusted technology that has gone wrong, right? Why do you think they make all those movies? Because that's a big thing sticking in people's minds. And if you just sound like a machine, they're not going to trust you. And they're not going to work with you effectively. It also creates, and this is a key thing, it creates a better experience overall for everybody, for your employees, for your customers. Everyone gets a better experience when we connect with people. And, and let me give you an example of that. I like to use this one a lot. You may remember the late Whitney Houston uh, singer. She came out with a song many years ago called The Greatest Love of All. She recorded that song. It became a quickly became a number one hit, and it was top of the charts for weeks and weeks and weeks. Everybody raved about that song. What a lot of people don't know is that song was originally recorded by a jazz musician named George Benson many years before Whitney Houston. And the Benson version of the song was very good. Benson's a very talented jazz musician. But it was never quite the hit that the Whitney Houston version of the song was. Why? It was the same music, same lyrics. What made the difference? And what made the difference was the experience that Whitney Houston created 
through her interpretation of the song. The way she said it, the way she sang it, all of that created a greater experience for people and they connected better with that. And that's what made it a number one hit. Give you another example from my uh, personal history, a uh, project that I was working on. I had an opportunity to do a proposal for a team of managers for a project that I was going to be given the lead on the project if this proposal went well. And I was so focused on what I had to say in my project presentation that when I showed up before this team of managers to do my presentation, it was meant to be somewhat interactive and I didn't really pay attention to what was going on in the room. I didn't pay attention to what they had to say. I didn't pay attention to the questions they asked really, other than giving a quick answer, then moving on to the next point I had to make. I wasn't really focused on making a connection to the people in the room. You may guess the result of that. I did not get the opportunity to lead that project. And my manager later told me it was because I sounded like I did not care what anybody else had to say about it. I just wanted to make sure I got my word in. I failed to connect with the people in the room. So how do we create greater connection with people? I'm going to give you a takeaway here. This is something, again, that you can apply right away, and you are going to find that this is absolutely the easiest thing in the world to do. People connect primarily on common ground. The things that they find they have in common with one another. And what makes this so incredibly easy is that with just a few questions, you're going to find all kinds of things that you have in common with other people. And here's a key to this. Remember that common ground is always personal, not professional. So you can't find common ground from people just by the fact that you happen to be in the same office space or work for the same company or that you both like programming or you both like gadgets. Take a look at what's personal about them. When I do this in workshops, I'll ask people, everybody around the room, okay, first of all, show of hands, how many are married, right? Hands go up. How many are not married? Hands go up. How many have kids? Hands go up. And usually I'll jokingly say, how many are kids? Right? And see how many hands go up there too. How many like to golf? How many like to play tennis? How many like to go shopping? How many like gaming? Right? And everything, you get hands up. Those are common ground elements. You look around the room, you find things that you have in common. Even if it's just the fact that you're both married or that you both have kids. Find the things in common those are the launching points. Common ground is the launching point for making better connections with people. Seek the common ground always. Ask questions. Don't do it like you're taking a survey. Casual conversation. Ask questions. Find that common ground. And you're going to find how quickly and how effectively you'll be able to connect with other people. While you're here, take a moment right now to go ahead and subscribe to the Tech Leaders Toolbox podcast. 
You'll find the button to subscribe right here on the page. Do that, and you'll always be up to date on the bold and innovative leadership principles we're sharing here. Oh, and come join the Tech Leaders Toolbox Facebook group as well, where we'll all discuss these concepts in more detail and answer your questions. So subscribe today and share this with your friends. All right, well... Again, uh, keeping with uh, my standard format here, I wanted to share with you again, I love outdoor cooking. I do a lot of outdoor cooking all the time. And in fact, uh, if you like outdoor cooking, and again, any kind of outdoor cooking, grilling, smoke cooking, camp cooking, anything like that, anything where you're cooking food outdoors, uh, I actually have a Facebook group for this and I invite you to join us. It's called Smoke and Ash. And me and my friends, we we go out on there all the time and we're sharing recipes, we're sharing ideas, we're sharing techniques. Uh, We discover new little tools for outdoor cooking and we all share that all the time out there. And I would love for you to join us out there. Again, it's called Smoke and Ash and it's on Facebook. It's a Facebook group and love to have you come out there and join us on that. And I wanted to share a recipe with you today, an outdoor cooking recipe. And this is one of the simplest. It's one of the first things, I'm a scout leader, and it's one of the first things we teach scouts how to make when they're cooking outdoors. And it's called a dump cobbler. It's a nice dessert, quick and easy to make, a dump cobbler. And it's called a dump cobbler because what you basically do is just dump everything in the pot and let it go. Uh, so in order to make this dump cobbler, again, I usually will do this. So I'm cooking outdoors. I do this in a Dutch oven and to make cleanup a little bit easier, I will usually line the Dutch oven with either parchment paper or aluminum foil. And that way I don't have to worry about scrubbing the Dutch oven out later. If you wanted to do this at home, you could probably do this in a deep baking dish and it would work out as well. So what you're going to do is you need one to two cans of any kind of pie filling, whatever you like, cherry, peach, blueberry, apple, whatever it is, but you need one to two cans of pie filling and you want a box of yellow cake mix. Now, what most people use is that Jiffy brand yellow cake mix. Uh, They like that one. Or you could use, uh, in a pinch, you could use an easy biscuit mix. That would work as well. So you need a box of that, you need a stick of butter, and one can of uh, anything, any kind of a soda like Sprite. You're typically not going to use Coca-Cola, it needs to be like a lemon-lime kind of thing. Uh, Sprite or 7-Up or something like that. So here's what you do. Basically, um, if you're cooking outdoors, again, you're going to get your coals hot and ready. You're going to take your Dutch oven and line it. And then you're going to pour the pie filling into the bottom of the Dutch oven. And then you're going to take the cake mix and you're going to sprinkle it over top of that. And then you're going to take your butter and cut it up into little pieces and spread it all over top of the cake mix. And then finally, you'll take half the can of Sprite and you'll pour that over top of all of that. And again, make sure you pour it all over. Don't pour the whole can. It'll get a little bit too wet. So uh, pour about half to two-thirds of the can of Sprite and drink the rest if you want. Then again, if you're doing this in the Dutch oven, cover the Dutch oven. Place it with six coals underneath the Dutch oven and about 12 to 14 on top. And you're going to bake that for about 30 to 45 minutes or until it's browned on top and bubbly all over. 
Now, if you're cooking this at home, you're doing this in a um, in a deep baking dish. Again, same formula. Add your pie filling, add your cake mix, and all that. And then you're going to put it in an oven at about 375. And again, you're going to let that bake for about uh, 30 to 45 minutes until it's thoroughly browned on top. And then once it's done, let it cool a little bit and you're ready to go. It's ready to serve. Um, some people like to take off on that a little bit, add a little cinnamon to it or anything like that. And, and you can do that as well. Uh, that, that's always a nice touch as well. But it's called a dump cobbler. And again, uh, in the quantities that I gave you there, that's going to serve about six to eight people as long as nobody gets greedy about their portions there uh, with that. Well, that's about all we have time for today. Uh, again, we talked today about connecting with people. And remember that the best way to connect with people is by seeking common ground with them. And that common ground is always personal, not professional. Look for the common ground and that's where you're going to make your best connections with people. Hey, and by the way, before you go, I want to remind you to be sure to subscribe to this podcast so that you'll know when new episodes come out and you'll be able to join it and you don't want to miss a one of them. So you can uh, subscribe to this podcast, The Tech Leader's Toolbox. And also, if you have friends that you know of, and I'm sure you do, friends that you think could benefit from this, that would enjoy this, share it with them. The more people we got on board, the, the more fun this is going to be. So again, uh, Tech Leaders Toolbox, be sure to subscribe. And also look for, on Facebook, look for the Tech Leaders Toolbox Facebook group, where we kind of expand on some of the discussions that we have during the podcast. Be sure and tune in to our next episode. Our next episode, we're going to talk about that final key to being able to improve your leadership right away to make your leadership easier and more effective. We'll talk about that number four key in episode number four, Uh, just coincidentally enough. And we'll see you the next time. Bye-bye.